0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Villato, joined as always by Chris And today we're going to preview some of the offensive players that are heading to the 2024 NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. We have on Friday, the tight ends will be doing all of their drills on Saturday. You get the quarterbacks, the wide receivers and the running backs. And then on Sunday, we have the pleasure of watching the big guys run around in their underwear. Looking forward to it. Chris, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Yeah, it's combine week guys are already as we speak showing up in indianapolis um ed ed valentine is he is reporting for duty there as well um i i don't know <laughs> if he's gonna run the 40 uh might walk the 40. but how
1: much money would you pay to see ed do the 40-yard dash right now uh,
2: you know I, I don't need to hear about him having to go through more rehab so we'll, we'll just let him off the hook <laughs> there uh but i i say if i was there i'd be willing to go through the combine workout Pick a pick a yeah. Pick a position.
1: I'll do it. I think you would do well too, Chris. Low key, powerlifting, pretty pretty big guy <laughs> in terms of his muscles. So uh, I think Chris would do would do well. I'd like to think I would, since I do run a lot. But who knows with my joints, they might just give out on me. But I feel like a weirdo complaining about that as I was just mentioning our our older colleague Ed Valentine being <laughs> at the combine and possibly testing. But we're excited to cover the combine at Big Blue View. We're going to have previews and and uh, recaps as well for each day and each position group and really hone in on who the New York Giants might be interested in now that we know who is going to be the coordinator on both sides of the football with the hiring of Shane Bowen. But what would you say, because we did this on the defensive side, Chris, what would you say offensively some of the more important and prominent measurable and um testing type of drills are. So like, I think the obvious one is like the 40 for the wide receivers and the explosive, the vertical and the broad for the wide receiver group. But there are other ones as well that are very important. Are there not?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, I think the measurable events, they're most important for the wide receivers. And I would also say for the, the running backs who are and tight ends, who are going to be really relying on their athleticism to bolster their draft stock you know, guys who are you know like blocking tight ends or running backs who get by with their vision their contact balance their ability to you know run with power and just not go down uh ray davis at kentucky is a guy i had a lot of fun watching very recently he was like that but for guys like uh Devin a chain last year as a running back his measurable events were very important for the offensive line. And I would also say the other half of the running backs for me, the field drills are most important. Yeah. With the offensive line as I always loved watching the combo blocks. Cause you get to see guys technique as they down block, as they pull, get out into space, that sort of thing. But weirdly, I also love watching the rabbit drill, the, the mirror drill where they have to shuffle Mm. back and forth and you have another guy just kind of running back and forth in a line. It it looks silly as hell, but you can tell from that drill, who's going to be a guard and who's going to be a tackle because you get to see guys angle flexibility, their knee flexibility, whether or not they can drop their hips and bend at the knees as opposed to bending at the waist and maintain that for an extended period while moving guys who play offensive tackle can do that. And they can move smoothly while doing that guys who are going to be guards, usually not so much. And then with running backs, I still love that the Bruce Staley drill that they instituted a couple, a couple years ago, you get a great look at, how guys are able to move their feet, get through the trash and cut in a very, in very close quarters. And that translates directly to success at the NFL.
1: And you could just see the, the, The prospects that are being talked about in higher regard, they're just so much more crisp when they're doing those on-field drills. I, too, love the uh, on-field drill with the offensive linemen and just seeing these big-ass guys. You're right. It's very (laughs) silly watching them just kind of, like, mirror each other. But you're also right. Some of those guys who are just instantaneous, they keep their butt down, they have that low center of gravity, they look like they're just ready to pounce. Those individuals typically end up translating well to the next level one other drill i wanted to bring up pertaining to the offensive lineman that that seems to be one that is indicative well, a good score is indicative of of success in the nfl now it's not always a um it's not always it's not uni- or unanimous or anything but the three-cone drill for offensive lineman is one where typically if offensive linemen run a good three-cone that means they are very agile and they have um very good coordination and and uh no And a very good uh, ability to control where they're going in short spaces so i kind of wanted to throw that out there and i also wanted to say one thing too it seems like in recent draft memory throughout the combine there's always some like story of an offensive lineman who takes the takes the combine by storm like a ben barch who was making all those weird drinks and drinking them quinn Miners was (laughs) another one showed up with the crop top and like and oh, a, yeah, and a strange hairdo. So I just I wonder who that's gonna be this year. And do you have any betting favorites on who that may be?
2: Yeah, I think Kingsley Suamatea from BYU is going to be the freak from this class. Like he landed on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. I think he was the number three freak in the preseason list. I believe he's still in the top ten on the updated pre combine list. I have a feeling he's going to be that guy where everybody's buzzing about him after he does his workout. Uh, Patrick Paul, uh, offensive tackle from Houston. I didn't love his tape, but he's got tools for days. Like he is big, long. He's got like 35 or 36 inch arms. He moves very well. Like you can tell he's an athlete. I just think he needs to be developed as a, as a technician, as an offensive lineman. And also Jackson powers, Johnson the, we'll just say interior lineman from Oregon best center in the country last year. He's also played both guard spots and defensive tackle. Like that dude is just very quick and insanely powerful. I wouldn't be surprised if he put, if he put on a show in the jumping portions of the, of the combine and maybe even at the bench press as well.
1: Wasn't he like a ridiculous weight down at the senior bowl too? Like three thirty-five or something like that. Like he was a big guy down at the senior bowl. Jackson powers, Johnson, the Oregon center interior offensive lineman, whatever you really want to call him. Cause I think he also has some snaps at guard. I've been meaning to watch him do Chris. And I wanted to run this by you. Cause I know you've watched his tape. Do you think you'd grade him higher than, than, uh, than john michael schmitz i mean they, they each have three names too that's another that's thing, true you know that has no no bearing at all yeah. on what we're talking about but who would you grade higher because like i don't want to like it's always easier right to grade the the incoming class in in a higher esteem than the guys who have already come into the nfl and may not have lived up to your expectations so always try to like put that into context because it's very important but i'm going through a lot of the tackles right now in this draft class and i have higher grades on a lot of these tackles than i did evan neal going back to when he was coming out in 2022. So I wanted to ask you about Jackson Powers Johnson and JMS and, and see what your opinions were.
2: Yeah, I think I would have, just comparing their college tape because you know, that kind of helps to account for recency bias. And you know the most recent things we've seen from JMS is him against NFL caliber defensive tackles and having an inconsistent, inconsistent uneven performance. I think I would still grade JMS higher as a center, just because he was a much better technician coming out. And you know, some I did notice Jackson Powers Johnson having a little bit of an issue snapping the ball and getting his hands up in time, which, you know, that's a learned skill. Now, overall, yeah, I'm not sure. Powers Johnson might grade out a little bit higher, but I think part of that is his versatility, he could be a left guard or a right guard or a center. And he could start at all three positions. JMS is purely a center. Now, Hmm. if powers, Johnson happens to fall to the top of the second round and the giants have their second round picks, I would not mind them drafting him and just plugging him in at one of the guard positions. And having him as just a rich man's version of Ben Bredesen. As a guy you can have start comfortably at guard. And then if something happens, you can move him to center and still be fine.
1: All right, before we get to some of the prospects, who are going to be down there for the offensive players coming from college football, transitioning to the NFL. Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation All righty. Let's get into some of the quarterbacks, man. Who is going to throw at this damn event? That's what I want to know, because a lot of players are coming out right now. They might not be throwing at the event. And we know, look, the quarterback position could be big time for the New York Giants. There's a lot of talk on Twitter. Who knows? It's smokescreen season, but that the Bears might be. In the market for trade, and the Giants have to be one of the first choices to trade up from six to one, which would cost a lot, but that would also give the Giants the opportunity to select Caleb Williams from USC or Drake May from UNC or Jaden Daniels from LSU, whichever quarterback they desire. So, right now, Chris, who is confirmed to not be throwing at the combine? I believe Caleb Williams and Jane Daniels are both not throwing. Is that correct? And then we don't know about Drake May?
2: Yeah. As far as I know, the latest reporting that I have seen. That's the way it looks right now that Caleb and Jaden will both wait until they'll wait until their pro days and Drake may is kind of up in the air. The interesting flip side of that is that as far as we know, JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix and Michael Penix all plan to throw and that could be very good for their draft stock particularly if the top guys abstain if they wait for the controlled environment of their pro days and the second tier of guys steps up and they put on a show you know, coaches will love the fact that they took the opportunity to compete and scouts if those guys throw well if they're accurate if they've got you know good compact throwing motions if they show good arm talent, deliver catchable balls where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. It's not the same as doing it in a game, but that will still be very good for them.
1: And the one player that really comes to my mind who just has the arm talent to really wow in this type of event would be Michael Penix Jr. from Washington. So looking forward to it. Now, None of these guys are going to do enough at the Combine to usurp Drake May or or uh, Caleb Williams, presumably, right? But I still think this event is important for even the players who aren't throwing because of how are they going to weigh in? What How tall are they? In Caleb Williams' uh, case, right? Like <laughs> There's pictures of him going around standing next to Bryce Young from like a commercial they shot about the Heisman. And they're like, oh, wow, Caleb Williams is only like an inch taller than Bryce Young. So how tall is Caleb Williams? How much does JJ McCarthy weigh is he gonna come in at like 200 pounds because that's not going to be a great look for the guy who a lot of people believe are the fourth is the fourth quarterback coming into this class but again what is consensus at this point like no one really knows how a lot of these teams do feel but I think the the, the way weigh, the weighing part of this and the height part of this those type of measurables are gonna are gonna mean a lot Drake may is he's not gonna have too many issues with that being as big as, and thick as he is.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think weight will, that'll be important for JJ McCarthy and for Jaden Daniels just because those two guys are wiry, or if you've watched the replacements recently, weary, but yeah, they're <laughs> both tall guys, you know, six, three, six, four, and somewhere around 200 and 210 pounds. Now, one thing I will note with both of those guys is most of that body weight is in their legs. like. J.J. McCarthy is he looks like just a guy from the waist up. But then when you from the waist down, he's got some pretty thick legs for somebody who doesn't weigh a whole hell of a lot. And yeah. I, got, I also have to say watching him run, he is one slippery runner. He is very good. He's got great field vision and he is very good at just making the subtle moves to make sure that defenders do not get a clean shot on him. And I think that's part of the reason why he's been able to stay as healthy as he has.
1: It's crazy. Bo Nix is three years older than than JJ McCarthy. Is that right? Holy crap! I knew Bo yeah. Nix was old, but yeah, JJ McCarthy is that young. So that's interesting. But let's transition a little bit to some of the other players, the skill position players. We could talk about offensive linemen maybe a little bit after, but the skill position players who might actually really just show out at the combine event. Cause there's a couple of running backs who have elite speed. We know the wide receiving wide receiver position. Giant fans are going to be very focused on Roma dunze on Malik neighbors. It doesn't look like Marvin Harrison jr. Is going to be at the combine. It doesn't look like he's going to hire an agent and he's just quote unquote concentrating on his rookie season, which honestly, Chris, if I'm Marvin Harrison jr. I don't really have any issue with that. I know a lot of people are going to have an issue with that, but this guy's going to be a top five pick no matter what. We've heard so many uh, players in the NFL say that they get off to a such a slow start in their rookie season and in training camp because they're testing for all of these events that kind of end up being meaningless if you're a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. who's going to be drafted high anyway. So I personally don't hold this against him. What do you
2: feel about it? Yeah, it's one of those things where you first read it. It's like, okay, what? Who does this guy think he is? And then you realize. Exactly. Oh, right. Like. (laughs) The last time we had a wide receiver touted as highly as him was probably Calvin Johnson. I mean, Jamar Chase was very highly touted, but Marvin Harrison Jr. has kind of been that guy. He has been the Andrew Luck of wide receivers since, like, junior high school. Damn near. So, like, he doesn't need to work out. Now, I would like it if he was there and could talk to teams, but also yeah. we've taught, we've talked about this before, you know, the whole draft process really does delay the start of a rookie's development. They get a really truncated off season because the first five months of the year are spent getting ready for the draft as opposed to, yeah. You know, healing up from their seat, the previous season, uh, making any adjustments that they need to getting in, getting back into football shape, honing their craft. Instead, they're, you know, working on their technique for the 40 yard dash. So I, I can absolutely understand it from Marvin Harrison jr. And for whatever team drafts him, that's great.
1: So some of these other players, though, at the wide receiver position that we're looking at who could just be like a Bryce Ford Wheaton, kind of like Bryce Ford Wheaton. We all knew he, he he had a shot to do well at the combine going into the combine. And then the guy just blew up the combine and then he was undrafted anyways, landed on the Giants, Torrance ACL. Hopefully he can come back and be healthy next season. But who are some of the guys, Chris, that you think could be the Bryce Ford Wheaton who just show up at this event and then just kind of take the NFL's attention? Uh, away from other players because they tested that well and they look that well in drills.
2: You know, I think the, as far, as far as like from testing is concerned, I've got my eye on Jalen Wright out of Tennessee, the running back it, watching him. He reminds me of Alvin Kamara and it's not just helmet scouting. Like they're a similar size and Jalen Wright just has that ability where he plays at a, different speed than everybody else he is quick and fast he is just sudden as an athlete and he also has pretty darn good vision and contact balance he does a lot of things really well and supposedly he could time in the four twos now he's not the only guy who could time in the four twos this year uh roman wilson the wide receiver out of michigan and xavier worthy wide receiver out of texas both of those guys, they, they're kind of like Jalen Hyatt, again. You know, similar build, again, you know, 6'1", 190-ish, Yeah, you know, maybe a little bit less, 180-something. And just pure speed. You know, I think Hyatt was probably a better player than either of them coming out. Better ball skills, from what he was asked to do, a better route runner. But those two guys could be very exciting. On, I believe it is Saturday, they'll be on the field.
1: I think Devontae's um, Walker from North Carolina is another player to look out for. Just a lot of speed. I, I am curious on how he'll handle the gauntlet, though, which is yes. uh, could be a graveyard for a lot of wide receivers who struggle to secure passes, and Devontae Walker is kind of one of those players who doesn't do the best job securing passes, and we saw that down at the Senior Bowl, unfortunately. I'm also interested to see just how big Johnny Wilson is next to everybody else <laughs> the Florida yes. State wide receiver who is a biscuit away from being a tight end as bill parcells would put it. He's six foot seven 240 pounds the guy's absolutely massive and actually has some pretty damn good tape too so that's another uh name to to monitor johnny wilson at a florida state but okay so we talked about right a little bit do you want to talk a little bit about javon baker the ucf wide receiver who was formerly of alabama who's just another player who just has that kind of really high top speed. I don't have his speed in front of me, but uh, in terms of like his miles per hour, but I want to say he's one of the ones with uh, one of the higher miles per hour recorded in college football.
2: Yeah. Baker is a guy he, he is off the radar right now, but I have a feeling he could be one of these guys who shows up and shows out at the combine. I I don't know if he's going to quite blow the roof off the drum, like, you know, DK Metcalf did or Saquon Barkley did, but he was a part of that run of just ridiculous wide receivers who attended Alabama. Where, you know, he was he was in the same depth chart as Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, Jamison Williams, and John Mechie. And Jeez. for some reason, he only had nine catches in two years. You know, I I can't imagine why. But then he went to UCF and just kind of exploded. Yeah, you know, he he's had almost 2000 yards over the past 2 years, uh, 12 touchdowns, well over 100 catches, and this past year he averaged just under 22 yards per reception. That's a lot and he is I I I I think he's going to be a guy who impresses in the measurable drills cuz like he's He's got himself a strong lower body. Like he is, I think he's going to have a, I don't know how good his 40 times going to be, but I think he's going to be impressive for the first 10 yards. And I think his jumps are going to be impressive as well. He'll probably be pretty good in the agility drills too, but he's also a good route runner. He's got good hands. He's a good contested catch guy. And at you know, six, one, six, one and a half, about two ten, He's not a little receiver yet. I think he is kind of a sleeper to keep your eye on, and he could go a lot earlier than some people are expecting, and he might work his way up into being a legitimate starter at the NFL level.
1: Before we get out of here, I want to talk a little bit about offensive linemen. Actually, there's a couple other running backs I want to quickly, like Bucky Irving from... From Oregon, small, fast running back, really quick. I'm just interested to see what like his 10 yard split is and what his 40 is, and then I just want to know how fast and explosive Blake Corum is, the Michigan running back. So I wanted to mention both of those names, but I do want to go to the offensive line before we get out of here because, look, in 2022, we all just kind of agreed that Evan Neal didn't need to test because his tape was was that good, you know, because he was presumed to be the number one overall tackle over. Icky, Aquanu, and Charles Cross that year. And he went to the combine and he didn't test at all. He did a box jump that everybody kind of freaked out about. But after watching two years of Evan Neal's tape, you could see there might be some athletic limitations that maybe would have been exposed at the combine. So I'm looking at a lot of these tackles and I'm hoping that we get to see some of these guys test because I kind of think it's a little bit more important than maybe I originally uh, originally believed because of this test case known as Evan Neal.
2: Yeah, and just to kind of circle back to where we were you know, at the start of the podcast, I am less concerned about the measurable events. Like, yeah, seeing a 330-pound dude run a 4.840 is just amazing. It, it is awesome in the purest sense of the word. But I want to see how these guys do in the three-cone drill. Maybe that could have told us something about Evan Yelio, know, any movement skill issues he might have had. Yeah, I would like to see them, yeah, out doing the field drills to see, you know, is Joe Alt too tall, which is a slight concern I have with him. He's a fantastic technician. He's a good enough technician that his height doesn't bother him in college, but you know, the the level of competition, the the speed, the power, the technical prowess of the guys he's going against is going to jump up at the NFL level and you know, if he we were talking about this before we started the podcast. You noted his chest gets out over his toes when he's initiating contact. Yeah. You know, is he going to get even further out over his skis at the NFL level? And, you know, maybe these drills will give us some clue about that. You know, it's like, I, I still think Joe Alt, uh, Olu Fashionau, uh, the tackle from Oregon state, uh, Talese, uh
1: Fuaga.
2: Fuaga, thank you. Yeah, I like him. I, I know there's quite a few people who like him. It's entirely possible he could jump either Olu or Alt. But yeah, I, I want to see these guys and be able to directly compare them on the hoof in, in an even playing field and really get a look at their just the mechanics of how they move because i think i think that can tell us things that we don't necessarily see on tape
1: i'm right there with you man and i'm looking forward to seeing some of these offensive linemen do their funky little silly dances as we discussed earlier (laughs) in the episode hey chris anything else before we get out of here buddy
2: no i think we've about covered it um so just to circle back one last time do we or do we not want to see crop tops on the offensive linemen
1: Yeah, man, I want to see some crop tops. I like a little bit of fashion statement, a little bit of personality. And if I get to see some beer belly from some very large men out at Indianapolis in the combine, sure, why not? You know, go for it. Shine, (laughs) my friend, shine.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. And besides, there's no way those guys are going to be avoiding all that barbecue and all all that good food around Indianapolis for the whole week. (laughs)
1: No, probably not. But we'll we'll see, and we'll get to see the offensive lineman what was that on Sunday. So it's the last last position group to go. But you know we'll be here covering the NFL scouting combine in the year 2024 so thank you everyone for tuning into the chris and nick show here on big blue view radio please if you have not done so already like and subscribe and leave a damn comment on the podcast on itunes or spotify or wherever you get us and then head on over to bigblueview.com and check out all of our written content thanks everyone have a good one take care